Welcome to Lord Bear Me Strength. This is the podcast where we ask God to bear us some strength. And then we use that strength to pray without ceasing, talk about beer, and digest the issues. And sometimes we quote the office. For your edification and our enjoyment. Because we have freedom in Christ. You're Lisa. And you're Marge. Now Lord, bear us strength. strength. Nice. We did it! <laughs> that was from memory. Yeah, we, we finally it memorized. <laughs> <laughs> it only took, what is this, six episodes? Yeah. It's crazy, yeah. too, that this is already our sixth episode. We're, I know. We're doing it. Yeah. I feel like that makes us legit. To have yeah. six episodes under our belt. Five is okay. Yeah. But six is like, we're committed now. Yeah. At five, you're still a wannabe podcaster. Right. You're just a nerd with a microphone at five episodes. Mm-hmm. Now we're nerds with a podcast. I still have yet to determine if you're complimenting <laughs> when you say nerd or if you're insulting when yeah, you say nerd. Yeah, right? It's a mystery. Mm-hmm. I like to keep it that way. Mm. Let you wonder. That's why I change the context so often. Can't get inside my head, Marge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just waiting for the existential crisis to... It'll hit. Yeah, one of these days. Which nerd is it? <laughs> Which nerd am I? <laughs> oh, sorry, I just kicked you. That's not because you're a nerd. Okay. Also, what is with you and like physically, like hitting people and stuff? Because you're like, do I do that? No, you're like, oh. at least I don't know. I, I think, threaten to. Is that I what think you're talking about? people assume that you're physically uh, aggressive or something, right? Not like in a, I don't know, just in like a. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, but you're not at all. I'm really not. And, like, very apologetic, and you, you know, you barely tap me with your foot, and you're like, I'm so sorry, I just kicked you. Like, no, you tap me with your toe, but okay. Yeah, I guess I'm the opposite of aggressive with the physical. I just want, I, I never want to make somebody feel like I am being aggressive. If there's any sort of thought that I might be hitting you, I want to squelch that. I'm not a hitter. Not really a hugger either. Any kind of physical contact uh-huh. makes me uncomfortable, including accidentally touching someone. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, I apologize profusely. Huh. Yeah. So, but you, like, don't mind physical touch? Or are Sometimes, you, like, anti, like, don't I, touch me? I am recently new to being okay with being touched it used to really make me uncomfortable like any kind of contact Uh so i decided i needed to get over at one point so now i like i acted like when i was teaching art class i decided to become a hugger because some of these kids need hugs right (laughs) so i i made all kinds of personal progress when i was an art teacher and that was one of them like now is the time Mm -hmm. you're gonna learn how to hug and you're gonna learn how to let these kids hug you. Like I would literally like push kids away if they would try mm-hmm. before. Be like, no. And that's rejection, and that's you know hurtful. So when I started to you know recognize some things about how things made me feel, and I made like efforts to not do that to other people. So that includes like accidentally touching you. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to think I kicked you. And letting you hug me if you want to, mm-hmm. as long as you're not a creeper. Like, there are still some people that I don't want to let hug me. Mm-hmm. And I will, like, squirm out of those situations. Also, while we have the moment to address it, un 
asked for back rubs. Don't do that to me. No. There is only one person I have, well, no, two, because I've asked Ruthie once or twice, too. Mm -hmm. Tim is the only other person I've ever asked for a back rub. Nobody else needs to be touching my back. (laughs) Please don't come up and just start rubbing on my back. Like, I get it. I get it, but don't do that to me. Oh, my gosh. I feel so trapped. Like, I get that some people like it. I do not like it. It makes me the most uncomfortable. And it hasn't happened to me in a long time, because maybe I put out that aura. Like, I see him going around giving these back rubs, and I just will nope out of the whole situation mm-hmm. and be gone. Or, like, put up invisible force fields. So, just wanted to put that out just there, since I have an back. audience now. Okay. Don't give me a back rub. <laughs> <laughs> I won't accidentally kick you. You don't, on purpose, rub my back. <laughs> That's the agreement we have. No touchy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. No touchy. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's going forward. For all we the have people that who want to give you background. <laughs> like, I appreciate that you're healthy and well-balanced and generous with affection. I'm not. Uh-huh. So just understand my struggle and mm-hmm. don't touch me. Mm-hmm. Hugs, mostly okay. I'll let you know when it's not. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Good to know. <laughs> Super clear cut. Super clear, Yeah. <laughs> Basically what I feel like at the moment. Yep. <laughs> okay. It's all it's just it's all about me. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so mean, that's fair. Well, as far as like physical yeah. stuff goes, the the world in general is coming to more of an understanding of consent and whatnot, so it is more understood. Mm-hmm. And I do not consent to back rubs. I'm glad you have a platform now where you can publicly I do too. It. This is really the only reason I'm doing this. Okay. Yeah. So I can get people to stop trying to give me back rubs. <laughs> it does not relax me. Let's put it that way. Hmm. But you know what does? Beer. Do you know what we don't have today? Beer. That's called a segue. Uh-huh. We don't have beer because today was VBS. Normally we record in the morning, but we had VBS in the morning. Mm-hmm. And that threw off my whole schedule. And now you get what you get. So we have refreshing tap water mm. for our tasting enjoyment today. Mm-hmm. Mm, Washington water. Let's discuss that. Mm. Hobbs wants some. Hobbs is so thirsty. Look, oh my gosh. He's parched. <laughs> so thirsty. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What is your problem? Gonna have to kick you outside. Get out. Did you try your water? Uh Uh-huh. No, you didn't. You liar. You want to try it again? Sip it with me. Okay. Take a little sip. Mm. Let it breathe. Did this get filtered? Was this filtered water? It's straight out of the tap. Yeah? Okay. You can sure taste the filtration. The minerals. You can taste the minerals and the vitamins and the... Oxygen. Hydrogen. Yeah. (laughs) I am refreshed. So now we can do this podcast. Now that I'm hydrated. (sighs) So boring. What's an office quote about being hydrated? (laughs) You always think our openings are boring. And I disagree. If they were boring, I would tell you. They're not boring in post, but Uh in the moment I'm like... So you got to stop saying it's boring because yeah. it's going to slip through and somebody is going to start to believe you. You have to say nothing but positive things. I love, love myself. 
That's better. That's better. I love this opening. I love this. <laughs> I love this water. I love the this best water. water. Yes. Water. Water. <laughs> there she got it. That's right. Mmm. <laughs> water. It's so it's so wet. Wholesome. <laughs> Whole wholesome. <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> Science question, Lisa. No. Is it time just, already? No, I just thought oh, of something. Okay. Oh, what's that? Is water wet? Is water wet? Yes. Have you heard of that before? Uh, is that like some sort of deep philosophical question? Yeah. Yeah. I've solved it. What is it? It what? is wet. It is. Of course it's wet. Do you know why? Because water molecules stick to each other. Something is wet when water is sticking to it. Therefore, every water molecule is wet because of cohesion. Boom. That sounds legit. Yeah, it is. I'm telling you. I don't make stuff up. Okay. I've never made anything up in my life. That's true. Yeah. So what got you into loving, like, studying science and you were saying that you had, like, encyclopedias and stuff and... Mm. You were super nerdy into super nerd, yeah. Even from a very young age, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I think uh, I just realized as a kid that animals can kind of fill a space in my life that I felt was empty, you know. So I learned to connect with animals. I think when I couldn't connect with people as well. I felt like animals understood me and I understood them. And therefore, I wanted to just be around them all the time and to know as much as I could about them. And uh, I didn't find animals intimidating, but I found pretty much every human in my life intimidating. So they were just a source of comfort and love and acceptance. Where I felt like I knew that people in my life loved me. And they did accept me, but it wasn't the same. You know, with animals, there's just, there's no questions, you know. There's no wishing you were maybe a little bit different, you know. They just love you for who you are. So, yeah. Uh, And plus, I know I was, I was a smart kid as far as, uh, like, school things went. I could learn really well. Um. I just didn't necessarily pick up what was going on around me very well. You know, I was smart, but not so bright. So all that learning energy I was putting into these things that really intrigued me, which was animals. And like the more I learned, then the more comfortable I felt around them. And then it just kind of fed. It's almost kind of like a cycle. Like I just wanted to keep going, learn as much as I could so that uh, I could... Uh, like really I just wanted to do the best that I could for animals I wanted to help animals and like my heart really went out to like any dead animal I saw on the road you know I wanted to become president just so I could build little six inch fences along every road in America Mm -hmm. so the turtles couldn't crawl out in the road and get hit Uh, you know yeah so I just, really cute. <laughs> just had a lot of love for these animals that loved me too. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's what did it. I had a lot of free time too. I remember I'd get done with my school like in second grade really early in the day. And 
then I'd just go sit in the book nook and read all of the encyclopedias, the reference materials and whatnot. And when I went to the library, uh, that's what I checked out too. I didn't read novels. I just didn't have time for stories much. I just wanted to learn. So I just was putting a lot of that, all my energy into that. When, when I was really young, like my earliest memories are related to science. Like I remember uh, we lived in this duplex. We had to walk up these stairs, these concrete stairs to get into the building. And I was like three or four or something little. And we'd be walking up these stairs and these grasshoppers would be jumping all across us and landing on us. And I would freak out and I would insist to my mom that they could bite me. And she swore up and down that they couldn't. And she'd be like dragging me past the grasshoppers into the house. But I'd be scared of them because um, I didn't want them to land on me because they'd bite me. Even though she told me that they couldn't. But I, I wanted to grab one and look at its mouth. I just remember thinking... I know it's bit me before. I don't know how to convince my mom that this has happened. I need to see it. I just need to see what's going on with this grasshopper's mouth. Because then I can show her and I can I can prove that I have a reason to be scared of them, you know. And I but at the same time I was too scared to pick them up. So, I think like that kind of in, intrigued me, but uh, I figured when I was older I can learn more about these things safely just by reading, you know, like there's pictures of grasshopper mouths and stuff in books, and then I don't have to do it myself. So it's safer that way. I can learn about the things that scare me without getting hurt or bit or whatever. <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid, it's because I loved animals so much, and it just felt so good for me to be around them. And I was just so intrigued and so fascinated by them. I just wanted all the animals. Like, I wanted to live in a zoo so bad and I actively worked towards that goal much to the despair of my parents so anything I could find that would fit in a container that I had available to me I would bring into my room and somehow try to care for it you know and a lot of a lot of things did die in this process I'm not gonna lie but it was mostly things like you know bugs toads, that kind of thing. My favorites were these giant gray slugs that lived in the rose bed out along the side of our house. And there was this really thick plastic, like weed fabric that was uh -huh. uh, on top of the dirt and then mulch on top of that. So it stayed nice and moist. It was the north facing side of the house. Okay. Nice and moist and cool. And these giant slugs lived underneath this plastic. And I would go out like every day during the summer or whatever, pull back this weed fabric in this one corner and look to see if there were these giant slugs out there. And if there were, I would put them in these coffee cans that I would get from my mom and I would keep them in there. Now, I loved these slugs, but I could not bring myself to touch them because I wanted to look at them. I wanted to care for them, but I, they're gross. <laughs> they're so slimy. So I made my sister pick them up <laughs> and she did it because she's a good person and she just she wanted me to be happy but um but she didn't want to she didn't actually it. enjoy the slugs she just did it for me out of manipulation which, right i this is one of those things i look back on and i was like that's so unhealthy that that was our I dynamic mean, and i'm so sorry laura <laughs> sorry i made you pick up the slugs but thank you <laughs> so we put them in these Coffee like cans that's a with sister thing to do though like, to make them do yeah, stuff. We did that all the yeah. time. Yeah, 
I don't remember her making me do stuff. Mm. Except for maybe go babysitting. Like, yeah. she would take care of the kids and I would just go and be there. Mm-hmm. But it was like her thing. But anyway. The things we do to show that just, we love each other. Right? Because we have to. <laughs> So I kept these giant slugs in these coffee cans and with dirt and stuff on the bottom, and I'd feed them things like lettuce and dog food. And, and dog food? Yeah, they've got these raspy tongue mouth parts that will just scrape away at whatever they're eating. Huh. And, uh, yeah, like when they're on glass, you can see it go. It's oh, like weird. this wavy, like, nail file thing just uh-huh. sc- scrolling around. Scrolling. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to describe, but they're cool. Like, again, just so fascinating to me. And I keep them in these cans long enough that they would reproduce. They'd lay eggs. So I had like the slug farm going on. Their eggs look like those little, you know, when you're using a hot glue gun Mm -hmm. and it's been plugged in for a while, but you haven't, you've kind of forgot about it. And so it's been dropping little Uh blobs of almost clear hot glue. Uh That's what slug eggs look like. I fooled my mom (laughs) one time because I did that with a hot glue gun on purpose. I made a bunch of these little blobs and then I separated them and piled Mm. them up like on our kitchen table one time. And I was like, look, Mom, slug eggs. <laughs> she did not appreciate that. <laughs> I thought it was cool. So, uh, but then, yeah, after like... Make oh, your own slug eggs. Right? Um, like two weeks or so, little slugs would hatch out. Mm-hmm. And then I'd have babies. That was my first farming experience. Wow. Yeah. My first foray into animal husbandry. Hmm. was giant gray slugs. How giant are we talking? I mean, when they stretched out, they could be, you know, seven, eight inches across. Wow. Now, when they were, like... I didn't know those were in Washington. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. We got some monster slugs up in here. They would, you know, go to sleep and they'd shrink to about two or three inches. Wait, what? Yeah. I mean, it's just when they get warm and uh, expand, they're, like, going to town across the surface. They kill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah. That's gross. Yeah, it was really gross. My poor father. <laughs> he'd come home every day and check the corner of the rose bush. And I would almost always have left it, like, you know, sprawled across, you know, the rose bush area. You know, this weed fabric. I'd pull it back and not put it back where it goes. Because mm-hmm. I was, like, so excited about finding these slugs. And I'd see him, like, kicking the mulch back where it goes and, you know, kind of muttering. But by the time I was, like, 12, I think I remembered to put the mulch back. I just could not stop. I remember, like, knowing he didn't want me to go in there Uh to find the slugs. And I just could not bear the thought of them being there and me not seeing them and, like, taking care of them. Uh I had to have the slugs. So I would just, I'd go back. I was addicted to slug hunting. <laughs> it sounds a bit obsessive. I didn't have a whole lot going on in my life. <laughs> so, huh. yeah, stuff like that. I kept a butterfly alive one time for two weeks. I found it on the sidewalk. I guess I'd been attacked by a bird or something. I had, like, one wing shredded. And so I put it in a jar with some grass and whatnot. And every day after school, I would feed it sugar water. I'd use this little dropper, and I'd put it by her feet so she could taste it. Mm. And then I'd watch her little mouth parts unfurl, and she'd suck it up. And I'd put it there until she had it all gone, and she was full. 
And she, you know, that's just where my heart was at. I just wanted to care for things. Mm -hmm. Sometimes to their detriment, you know. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, because now that I know better, I know that when you find a baby bird or a baby rabbit or whatever, it's really not the best idea for you as a a lay person to try to care for this thing. This is my little PSA right here. This is happening a lot right now. It's summer. There's lots of babies out there. If you find them, almost always, the parents know where they're at. The parents have the situation under control. This baby will be better off if you just leave it. Okay? This is nature's way. If you do, like, come across a situation that needs human intervention, you take them to a wildlife rehabilitation center do not try to rehabilitate them yourself because it more often than not will end in tragedy it's not worth the heartache it's not worth the stress or the destruction of otherwise healthy wildlife so but that is totally something that i did mm. i mean we did that as a family you know it was like it's something everybody did back then mm -hmm. but i mean people still like find turtles or you know like yeah random stuff and just kind of like right them. this is what i this is what i'm talking about yeah that's totally what i did so now i know certain things make good pets certain things need to just be left alone observed in their own habitat right like i feel bad for these slugs <laughs> we had some good times most <laughs> of them did not end well for the slugs you know they require certain humidity levels and oxygen uh -huh. levels and stuff that I did not provide. So uh -huh. sometimes I just threw whole coffee cans full of dead slugs away. Oh. <laughs> Again, I'm sorry. <laughs> I would change things if I knew. But that's how I learned, you know. Uh -huh. I learned so much just by, like, my parents, as much as they could, they tolerated my behavior. And, like, they got that it was important to me. It was not important to them, you know, mm -hmm. like the smell and the mess. And I was always stealing my mom's Tupperware containers to give an animal water or food or to keep a, something small in or whatever. And she would just, you know, why? She'd be like, leave my Tupperware alone. We put food in this. It's like, it's clean. She's like, no, it's not. <laughs> so I just didn't understand. But uh, yeah, things were more important. Right. I mean, to me, this is obvious. You know, this is a perfect size dish. This fills a perfect need. Mm -hmm. Huh. So, like, did you ever think about uh, in your, like, career or anything, like, becoming a biologist or... I did. I assumed for most of my early childhood, like, up until about 12, that I would be a vet. Mm. But then I decided that I wanted to get out of Missouri and I wanted to be a um, marine biologist and go work off of a boat, you know, in the ocean and study, like, ocean life. And I'm not really sure why that captivated me more than, like, because really I was, I was drawn towards things like mammals more than, and I know, like, whales or mammals and stuff. You know, sea turtles, any kind of turtle has always fascinated me, so that might have been it, but I don't know. That lasted for a couple of years until I was in high school, and then I thought I was actually going to teach middle school science so my mom had always been a teacher i had seen her like having a lot of fun with that 
And I thought, hey, nobody wants to teach middle school, right? That's job security. Mm-hmm. So I'll just go and I will share my love of science with these nerds that need somebody cool like me to speak into their lives. And I got to college and I realized I did not have the confidence to be a teacher. So I did not do that. Mm. I did work for a vet for a little while, though. While I was also working at Alta Mueller's, I just had two part-time jobs. And I decided after a while of working for him, because I was doing it thinking I would eventually quit Alta Mueller's and pursue my original childhood goal of becoming a vet, you know, Mm -hmm. get some experience here and then get my actual schoolwork that I needed. And that was not fun for me, working for a vet. That dream died pretty hard. Mm. Like, he was a fine guy and everything, but when I had to help him dock some two-day-old Yorkshire Terrier puppies' tails with nail clippers, I had to sit down with my head between my knees for a while, and I decided I am not going to be a vet. Mm. This is not for me. (laughs) Now I'm here. That's cool. I I guess. (laughs) Yeah, like, now you are here. Now you have... It was kind of a long, winding road. I've always had animals of some kind in my life. Uh-huh. And just you have a ton of animals right now. Yeah, like, right? I've never not had animals. I am living the dream. Yeah. So, and just always, I've always felt motivated to learn more so I could do my best with the animals that God did put in my life. You know, like whatever it happened to be. Uh, like dogs or cats and only, you know, like normal pet creatures or something more exotic like normal turkeys. Normal pet creatures? Yeah. <laughs> I've just always been... I'm not uh, slugs. I don't have any slugs right now, but I did almost get a toad. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, there's like toads swarming my house during the summer. Hmm. It's really big fatties. And I have a mealworm farm now for my leopard gecko. So I was like, I could keep a toad. I could keep him, like, well-stocked with mealworms. He would be happy in captivity the way I would do it, but I just I can't bring myself to take him out of his natural habitat. Mm-hmm. So I just, I do what is the mature, responsible thing to do and just admire him in his own mm-hmm. habitat. Leave him be. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's cool when you're, like, living on his habitat as well. Right, yeah. yeah. I invaded his space. He was there first. The The toads were there before the people. So, respect. Respect the toads. Yeah. <laughs> it's how I try to live, but sometimes it's hard, because I just, I want to bring them all inside. <laughs> You're just hospitable like that. Everyone yeah. come in. Let me hold you. <laughs> Let me see your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not still afraid of grasshoppers, are you? Um, they don't thrill me. Okay. Yeah, I never really did completely get over that. You know, I was close at one time when Ruthie was little. I picked up a Katie did to show it to her. Like, legit to tell her that it couldn't hurt her. That sucker bit me so hard. (laughs) That thing drew blood. Really? Yes. I was enraged. So, after that, we've just kind of... And I know Katie dids are different than grasshoppers, but I've just kind of let them be. Yeah. It's not... Worth it. Yeah. You want to tell us some stuff today, Lisa? I do. What do you want to tell me? Every of the answers. Okay. <laughs> I will tell them to you. So, Can I quote you on that? Yep. I brought them all. What do you want to tell me today, Lisa? Every of the answers. 
Lisa yeah. Harmon, 2022. <laughs> <laughs> Told me to come prepared, so I did. Yeah. Yeah. So we're doing a science episode today? We are, yeah. What are we calling this episode? Does it um, have a name? Scientology. Scientology! Don't call it that! <laughs> <laughs> that name is taken. Oh, dang it. <laughs> Leah Ramini trademarked it, I think. She did. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you gotta come up with something else. Uh, I came with the answers, you gotta come with the titles. Well, why do I have to name it right now? <laughs> You could have named it last week when we discussed this, so that's on you. But no, <laughs> we never name our episodes while yes, we're recording. Uh, well, maybe we should, so that we're not trying yeah. to brainstorm as we're publishing. Yeah, well, we're not very good at planning, though, are we? No, we are not, because planning is stressful and it's dumb, and I don't like doing it. So we just don't. Yeah, yeah. I think that's legit. Yeah, science time. With Lisa Guy. <laughs> Nailed it. Well, I do like that. You I, do? I demand a theme song, though. I'm going to need you to put that together. Nope. Um, Not good enough. Why do I have to come up with it right now? <laughs> No, that you can come up with in post. Okay. Just put it in here. Okay. This yeah. is where my my theme song will be, and you will sing about me. You can rap a little bit, not the whole thing, just a little bit of rap, and okay. I want it to slap. A slap rap <laughs> jingle <laughs> yes. about science. That's all I'm asking for. Okay. I can just do make it. that happen. Okay. You have two days. Come up with that <laughs> all by yourself. Because <laughs> I brought the answers, you bring the title and the jingle and the questions. Rap slap and the editing. And the... <laughs> that seems fair to me. <laughs> I made the logo, so it all balances out. <laughs> That's true. You yeah. did spend a lot of time on You're the logo. Welcome. Yes. I worked really hard on that. You can tell by looking at its monochromatic surface. Uh-huh. Yeah. She brings the answers. You bring me everything else. You can trust her. Because she's never made up anything in her life. She has some stories about her animal friends. Because she never had human ones. Yo, it's science time with Lisa Guy. It's a slap rap, and that's it. Word. Oh, science time with Lisa Guy. Science time with Lisa Guy. <laughs> Yay! All right. So you're just going to ask me questions. I do, yeah. I have quite a few questions for you. And these are all listener submitted? Or did you come up with some of these? Um, the, I mean, the ones I'll start with are listener submitted. Okay. The people have spoken. Good. And they need to know. They need answers. And just to refresh, you didn't tell me, not refresh, but just to clarify, you didn't tell me what any of these questions are. Water is for refreshing. That's right. That's why we brought the, the wet water. Um... What? Yeah. I have not been briefed as to what any of these questions are, and you're just going to surprise me with them, and I'm going to answer them 
with blazing clarity and complete accuracy. We get it. Okay, you're smart. We get it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm setting them up to believe me so that when they start to question the validity of my answers, they'll say no because she said right. that she's going to be accurate and correct. And so this must not be the BS that it sounds like. Right. Because as you've confessed before, you never BS. I never do. I never make anything up. And this is going to be solid quality answers. Okay. Yeah. So there are like quite a few questions here. Good. Um, I have quite a lot of wisdom. You want to start with, start the, with the best one? I'll start with the first one I got. It better be the best one. It's not. Okay. It's just <laughs> All right. We can warm up to the best one. That's fine, too. <laughs> okay. Um, this one comes from Jordan. And she wants to know, what in the tarnation is this? It's a bug she found on her porch. It is a moth. It's a quilted moth. Okay. Of east central Missouri. Their range extends up to Minnesota. You know what this is? Of course I do. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It kind of looks like ladybug pattern, but yeah. like in a stick form. It is, exactly. It's um, to confuse you. Okay. But you'll notice, see the antennae. And the arrangement of the legs, Mm -hmm. those are part of the um, butterfly and moth family. And there's a butterfly, a three-segmented butterfly and moth body underneath these cutie pie wings. And that's why it's a moth. And it came from a caterpillar. Okay. Yeah. It what, you said it's a what moth? It's a... It's a, I I called it a quilted moth. Uh Uh-huh. That is not true. Oh. I did make that up. (laughs) (laughs) You weren't going to go with it? (laughs) I couldn't do it because, no, the thing is, I do know what that is. I I just looked this one up, and I did know its name, and now I can't think of it. But you know it's not quilted. Right, yeah, no, I did just, I biased that. Because look, it just looks quilted. Don't Uh look up the actual answer now. No, I'm not. Okay, if I think of the actual name at some point, Mm -hmm. I will stop what we're doing. Okay. And answer it okay because now that's gonna bother me well now she knows that it's some sort of moth yes it's gonna be scrolling through the back of my brain the rest of this time trying to come up with that name Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh cool moth because butterfly wings when a butterfly is at rest they uh light vertically you know up and down Uh and a moth when it's at rest lay flat or up against its body not vertically that's how you can tell the difference at a glance of what you're looking at. Is mm-hmm. it a butterfly or is it a moth? Also, moths oftentimes have, uh, like, feathery antennae. I mean, mm-hmm. not all of them do, but if it does, then you know it's a moth. Butterflies never do. Yeah. Do you know why? Well, they use the, the feathery ones are used as uh, sexual organs, basically. Okay. They, the males have them and they will sniff out females. The pheromones of the females are in the air. And that's what the antennas do. They are receptors for the females. Huh. And so they will hunt them down that way. So, yeah, if you see one with the big feathery antennas, that's a, that's a dude. But that's uh, cool. butterflies use them more for just, like, interacting with the world mm-hmm. and sensing things. Do you know where butterflies taste from? Where are their taste receptacles? I have no idea. They're in their feet. When a butterfly is walking around on a flower, it's tasting it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, that's what they're messed up creatures. Really, uh-huh. <laughs> you think about it. Yeah, God had like a 
a whole heyday when he created them. How does they eat? They eat with their their rolled up uh, straw like tongue. So they will unfurl it and stick it into the flower and suck out the nectar. And that's both uh, butterflies and moths. Mm -hmm. Although not all moths have mouth parts at all. Like Luna moths are born, or they're not really born. They emerge from the chrysalis without mouth parts. They eat as caterpillars, but then as the adults, they only live for a couple days and their only purpose is to reproduce. So they flap around, they find each other, and then they die. Hmm. And they never get to eat as adults, which is super sad. Luna monsters. Luna monsters. And there's other species, but they are ones that I know of Mm -hmm. that do that. That's so sad. It is sad. I want to ask God why. Why would something so beautiful never get to know the enjoyment of eating and only last a few days? Like, they should live for years and flap around and migrate like monarchs and bring us joy. And they don't. I feel like I would have done things differently Mm -hmm. if I were God comes to the luna moth but that's all right he didn't ask me he just did it so <laughs> it's probably part of the fall it's gotta be yeah yeah never solved that one well i mean because like things didn't used to die so obviously well exactly what a great answer thank you oh you're welcome mm-hmm. so you gave no limitation to what people could ask right so this bring is... it <laughs> it's gonna have a all wide all variety okay good i have a wide variety of knowledge Sammy has a question for you. All right, let's hear it. What is the hottest star? The hottest star Mm -hmm. is Orion 248. It's a red giant, Uh and it is 8,000 times the size of the Earth. Quite large. It is. And it's on the outskirts of the Milky Way galaxy. Orion what? 248. 248? Mm Mm-hmm. How do you know that? Large. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that wasn't a good question. <laughs> Same way I know everything else. I just... read it in your encyclopedia. Well, no, that one I did totally make up. <laughs> I have no idea what the hardest part is. I'm trying to make it sound like you're telling the truth, and you're like, I know. No, he, he, I did. <laughs> I, <laughs> that one was made up too. <laughs> that is how this is going to go. I am going to make something. If I don't know, I will provide an answer, uh-huh. and then... Blow it. And then you'll totally cave in and be like, I'm yeah. just kidding, I'm sorry. <laughs> if I do actually know, I will let you know. Okay. I did know all the other stuff about moths and butterflies, although, little caveat, take everything I say with a grain of salt, because we're talking most of this knowledge I obtained as a youth, like between the ages of 8 and 12, and then it's been sitting around for 30 years, mm-hmm. so it's going to degrade over time. So... It's been in there. Cannot uh, verify the accuracy of all of it. Yeah, because you said you learned all of your uh, animal facts and knowledge and stuff from... Encyclopedias and whatnot. Encyclopedias. I mean, piles of books I would check out from the library. Mm -hmm. And every chance I got, I would get my schoolwork done really fast during the day when I was at school. And then I would just sit in the book nook and read. And never, like novels or stories, I read nonfiction, reference materials, atlases, encyclopedias, that kind of thing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Nerd. Yep. So, it was all for today. 
That's so what I was doing, loading up well, on that's knowledge. Nice of you. But if I have a gap in my knowledge, I will still provide you an answer. It'll be entertaining, and then I will completely disappoint you. Good to know. Yeah. So don't look up anything I say. <laughs> that's all I ask. Question three. Okay. What are seashells made of? Who asked this question? This is from a listener called Gia. Oh. G- Jaya? Yeah, never heard of that name before. I think Jaya is how you say okay. it. Okay. Well, Jaya. Seashells are made uh, from calcium and mollusk snot. Uh, yes. Why'd you say that? <laughs> because that's what it is. <laughs> uh, let me explain. So, the the mollusk obtains minerals. It, it walks up to the cu- sea cucumber. And no, says... <laughs> Wait, I have that backwards. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, mollusks filter nutrition out of the water, the seawater. What is a mollusk? A mollusk is a soft-bodied animal with a shell, like a uh, like uh, a clam. Uh huh. Yeah, your clams, your uh, scallops, your whatnot, your whatnot. Yep, you know what I mean. So they're floating around. They're filter feeders. So they suck in water through a gastro tube and they keep all of the nutritional stuff out of the water and they squirt the rest back out. And so with that, they extract minerals. They convert those minerals into a secretion using other glands and whatnot to uh, create a cement-like structure to hold the minerals, everything together. And as they grow, they secrete layer upon layer of this calcium cement and shape it in their species specific way around their little bodies and that's how you get shells when i worked at altimulers we sold a lot of pearls and pearls fascinated the heck out of me but i heard my boss one time explaining to a customer that he did not use the term snot but that a clam secretes the the layers of nacre it's called hmm. nacre goes around the a little grain of sand or some irritant that gets into the the clam shell and is irritating its body so kind of like we would make a blister or something is irritating our skin it, the the clam or the oyster secretes this it's it's this snotty substance that has calcium in it and it coats the irritant and uh, therefore it makes it less irritating to the body. And as it hardens around this thing, the clam keeps adding layers. So if you cut a pearl like in half, you'd see thousands of layers of dried oyster snot. A pearl is just an oyster booger. <laughs> huh. mm-hmm. So now you know. And when you buy cultured pearls, what that means is they keep oysters in hanging cages out in the ocean. And they take each oyster, pry it open a little bit, and put a bead inside it. That's usually, you know, almost the size of the pearl that you're going to end up with. So that really streamlines the process. They basically just coat that bead mm-hmm. with a couple of layers of nacre. And there's your pearl. Hmm. So I simplified the whole shell making thing a little bit, but that's still an actual answer. Yeah. Nacre is a real thing. That's a real term. Shells are mostly calcium. 
Interesting. Yeah. And they are both made out of mucus secretions. But Mu- how does mucus like, type? How does it secretions. like uh, form initially? You know, like the shell. The like, shell. Where does it come from? How does a baby oyster happen? Well, they have like glands that are secreting this stuff. But I mean, it's kind of like I say secrete, but it's kind of like how you make your fingernails. You know, it's just taking the minerals. And forming it into, uh, like, a cellular structure, not cells, because calcium is not cells, it's minerals, into a mineral, so I say secretions, because, like, our fingernails are cellular, but the the shell is not so much. But anyway, it's just shooting it out very slowly, basically. It's oozing out of its body and forming as it gets oozed, because it's oozed slowly. Mm Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. I'm trying to picture, like, how that life form begins, though. Uh-huh. Well, they start out without shells. All mollusks and gastropods, which are snails and whatnot, are born without shells and then slowly will form it as they move through the world. They have to activate all of that. You know, they have to start taking in nutrition with calcium and whatnot to form the structures that they need. Hmm. So, yeah, little mollusks and, like, oysters and whatnot are um, part of, like, they're almost microscopic, you know, so they're floating around, and other filter feeders in the ocean are eating them because they're so little, and they'll float around and stuff until they get big enough and start developing shells that they settle, and then they're then they're not swimming around so much. They might, like, shoot away from a predator, but they're mostly on the ground after that. Hmm. That's really cool. So, like... They're not cute babies. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I can't imagine no. so. Like... <laughs> They're basically sea bugs. Hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, for example, like a conch shell. Mm-hmm. Like, that's huge. Yes. Where does that come from? Well, it starts out as a tiny little microscopic baby. Yeah. And not completely microscopic, but, you know, mm-hmm. compared to its adult form. It's very tiny. And then it's just... Yeah, you'll find baby. It's... I've heard, always been told that it's pronounced conch, like the, hmm. and C-H is a K sound for some reason. But yeah, they'll be, like, they'll start to develop little bitty shells, but they'll be, you know, unrecognizable until they get to a certain size. Hmm. But they're still the same species. That's cool. It is pretty cool. I love stuff like that. Um, these are some more questions from Jaya. Okay. Does your eye color change across your lifetime? For most people, no. There are instances where at any stage, people's eyeballs can just randomly change color. Sometimes it's attributed to things like environmental changes or mineral deficiencies or something. But other than like when you're born, usually your eye color, if you're white, it's usually some shade of blue uh, that you're born with. And then it will turn into your actual eyeball color around like a year Lisa I have a question for you okay lay it on me Marge what are you best at drawing horses really oh yeah do you know how many hours of my childhood I spent practicing drawing horses I studied the anatomy of the horse I mean probably 30% of my childhood spent either studying them or drawing them. Huh. 
Every chance I got. Mm hmm. So, could you, like, draw one right now? Absolutely. Okay. Okay. This is just going to be like a sketch kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So, why horses? I don't know. I, um, I just thought they were the best and the most beautiful. Uh huh. And I just was convinced that if I could have a horse, I'd be like the girls in the movies, you know, that go riding around on their horses, like, full gallop. They come home from school, and they just hop on their horse, who's their best friend, and they ride off into the sunset, you know. <laughs> and they've got this amazing animal and human bond. And that's just what I wanted so much. And I just knew I was there was a horse out there for me. That we would be best friends. Were you like super into horse riding? Or? Nope, I never got to. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to. Do you know? Okay, I would practice legit. I would get on the back. I would straddle the back of our couch and pretend it was a horse's back. Uh -huh. And I would practice because I read so much. I read about riding horses. And I knew that you had to like apply pressure in the direction that you wanted to go with your legs. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew how to hold. Both English-style reins and Western-style reins. <laughs> I would, like, pretend to jump. You know? <laughs> and I knew how I had to, like, brace myself, hold myself up out of the saddle, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's like watching a printer. Or you a quick. Now, it's been a while since I've actually tried to draw a horse. Oh, really? Yeah. We were doing pretty good. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying this is how much practice I've had. If I wasn't reading about them, I was drawing them. I think part of me thought that if I could just draw them well enough, I could, like, conjure one up. Uh-huh. Is that how you got into drawing? Yeah. It was like a way of living vicariously. You know, you can just draw the world you want. Mm. Okay, well... Oh, his tail is a mess. He's excited. So his tail is all frizzed out, but there's a horsey for you. That's so cool. <laughs> now we can sell that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. That's awesome. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> cool. Well, definitely check that out on Instagram if you want to see what Lisa's horse looks like. Okay, Marge, I have a question for you. Yeah. Okay, don't make this weird, all right? Okay. I'm just warning you. <laughs> What is it? So, I'm going to ask this in a different way than I was originally going to. Okay. What would your ideal meal be? You get five courses. Five courses. Five. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five courses. <laughs> One has to be dessert, and the rest can be... To be clear, she just held up four <laughs> fingers. I don't have to tell them that. I, why would it? It doesn't matter. We're just laughing for no reason. Well, we do that, so that is true. Actually, yeah, it's but. part of the charm of this podcast. But we're doing four, five, five. Yes. Okay. One of them has to be dessert. Yes. No it problem. doesn't even have to be the last one. You can start with dessert. It's your ideal meal. If that's what if part all of, of it, them are dessert. That that's your call. You mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. First thing that comes to mind because I am hungry. Um, mm -hmm. Is that helps. steak. 
Yes. And sweet potatoes. Okay. And they, like, go so well together. Okay, yeah. You've convinced me. Um, (laughs) And uh, my friend's mom makes this really good sauce that goes with it. It's called aioli. Yeah. And, like, it's it's so good with it. And it's, I'm like, oh. Mm. That and, so I guess that's that's two. two. Yes. And then, I guess, like, a baked potato. Because, like, just throwing on the potato. Because why not? Yeah. Yeah. Two kinds of potatoes. It's God intended. Baked potato. Yes. Okay. Very hobbity meal, you know? Right, yeah. Um, what else do I like? I like cheesy potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) And then. (laughs) Okay, so that's four. (laughs) No, no, no. What's for dessert? (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Potato. <laughs> <laughs> this potato with frosting. Maybe french fries. No, no. French fries dipped in milkshake. <laughs> That's really good, actually. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Steak and shake. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> no. <laughs> Is that your answer? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I mean, like dessert-wise, like I. I just really want a chocolate chip cookie, like a homemade mm-hmm. chocolate chip cookie. Mm-hmm. I've like been yeah. craving one all day. Well, I just want it to be, yeah, warm. in my hand and like. Yeah, I wish I could help you with that. I wish you could too. I am so sorry that I can't, because <laughs> now you've made me extremely hungry. <laughs> this was the wrong question to ask <laughs> at this time of day. Uh-huh. Dang. Uh, Gosh, that does sound so good. So I guess that. Okay, steak. Three kinds of potatoes. <laughs> and Wait, three kinds of potatoes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chocolate chip cookie. Yep. Okay. I respect that. Okay, so lightning round. Yay. All right. I'm ready. Okay. If a chameleon crosses its eyes long enough, will they get stuck? No. They're lubricated. Why is it called a great white shark when it's mostly gray? Because its stomach is white, and that's what its prey sees. As they're swimming around, the shark is on top of the waters, above the prey. White to me. <laughs> like the sky. It blends in with the sky mm. that way. Uh-huh. Which bear is best? Kodiak bear. What is egg? Egg is life. Do plants feel love? Plants do feel love. And if you abuse them, they will die. If we come across a person with no arms or legs, do we even bother resuscitating them? Absolutely. Because God doesn't care about your arms and legs. He cares about your heart. Now, if they don't have a heart, let them die. How is corn syrup bad for you? Corn is a fruit. Syrup comes from a bush. If you could just put a spigot in a stalk of corn and its natural syrup would come flowing out, then it wouldn't be so bad. But you have to process the crap out of it to get syrup. Therefore, bad. Do you think there's an evolutionary advantage to being empathetic? Yes, because we, like wolves, are pack creatures. And the pack cannot survive if it's just uh, every man for himself. Can you give me one good reason why I shouldn't lick a battery? Ouchie. How can toothpaste be sweet unless there's sugar in it? Fake sugar. That's why. Xylitol makes toothpaste sweet, yet does not harm your teeth, and it's fake. Can robots be taught how to love? No, because metal is cold, and they can't have a soul in cold metal. You have to have warm flesh to inhabit, to have a soul inhabit you. What if it's warm metal? No, it's not squishy enough. (laughs) 
Scientifically speaking, what animal provides the best meat? Horse. And lastly, from Quinn, she would like to know why. Why not? <laughs> That's good. Thank you, Lisa. All for... right, yeah. Now happy you guys to know. Help, yes. I'm happy to share all of my copious amounts of wisdom. <laughs> I hope you all learned something today. I learned something. Yeah, you learned how fast I can BS. Uh huh. Just, just like that. Yeah, so anyway, uh, we do really appreciate everybody that's been listening. It has it's been really great hearing from everybody, um, just how the podcast has impacted them and what they think, mm-hmm. and how they don't want us to just stop wasting our time. That's very meaningful. Thank you. <laughs> Did someone tell you that? No, nobody has said that. Oh, okay. That's what's meaningful. Mm. Not one person has said Stop it. <laughs> so I'm going to keep going. So thank you. I take that as uh, full endorsement to keep mm. doing what we're doing. Also, shout out to Lisa Ham, who found me and told me the name, the meaning of our name that I could not think of. could not come up with the actual word that's unlike my little bookmark from the 80s. And she oh. listens to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. And so you she mean pro- your name. Well, my name is the same as her name, Lisa. I know, but yeah. I thought you meant, like, the podcast name. No, I mean the name Lisa. That's what yeah, I'm talking yeah. about. I'm that sorry if I'm not sense. being clear. The meaning of the name Lisa is consecrated to God. Mm. That's the word I could not come up with. I, I think I said dedicated, which uh, is close. I mean, practically synonyms. What does consecrated mean? Like, I think the difference is, like, somebody else is, like, making you dedicated to the cause or whatever like it's not necessarily you doing it it's like an outside force dedicating you to something else i don't know maybe i'm wrong but i feel like you can dedicate yourself to something but i want i feel like consecrate means you got to have like some outside force i could be completely off on that i am just again making this up so I don't know, Lisa Ham can probably tell me the <laughs> difference there, too. I just appreciate that somebody um, cares and yeah. is helping me out. So shout out to Lisa Ham yeah, and her family. Thank you for listening. Yeah, that's cool knowing you guys are supportive. Uh, what else do we need to do? Stickers. Stickers are coming. They might be in my mailbox right now as we speak. They should be getting delivered. I saw the mailman pull up behind me as I pulled out of my driveway. Mm. So hopefully I've got them. And then I'll have a hundred of these nerds to pass around. Whoever wants a Lord Beer Me Strength die cut vinyl sticker. Two what inches. Even mean? It's just how they were described on a website <laughs> from which I ordered. I mean, vinyl is the kind I think Ooh, you can die put. cut stickers. Right? Sounds fancy. I don't know. No, it doesn't. It sounds like... Sounds bad? It sounds like you know too much about stickers, and uh, now I don't trust you. Well, that should be the opposite. Of, you should trust me, because I know so much about stickers. Right? No. Because I did my research. No, that's just... If someone if someone's, like, telling me, like, oh, these are die-cut, two-inch, whatever... Uh-huh. Whatever, blah, blah, blah. Right? I'm like, I don't care. I just want a sticker. Okay. Well, I will give you a sticker. I don't have to mail you one. I can just hand it to you. I can put it in your little paw, and then the transfer will be complete. <laughs> but everyone else, what if do you, you think want I one? Am? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about animals today. I don't know. 
<laughs> if anyone else wants a sticker, you have to send us our, your, not my, I know my address. Send me your address. I will put a sticker in an envelope, and I will put an expensive government-issued sticker on the outside called a stamp, and then I will send it to you. Free of charge. No charge, everybody. I'm giving away merch here. This is a big deal. You can put these things on your laptop, on your your water bottle. You know, that's what the cool kids do now. Uh-huh. They just layer these things on their water bottles until they can't even pick up the water bottle anymore. There's so many stickers on there. Like, the, the water bottle weighs 40 pounds. They have to get underneath it to lift because it, it's just multiple layers. That's because kids are carrying around five-gallon buckets now and drinking yeah, water. Right? Yeah, right? they got to stay hydrated. Because they can't put their mouth on a, a drinking fountain anymore. Uh-huh. So you got to bring your own hydration with you. And that requires layers of stickers. Mm-hmm. So I can help with that, is what I'm saying. Okay. If you want to add two, I will send you a two-cut. I'm sorry. <laughs> two-inch <laughs> die-cut vinyl sticker with the Lord Beer Me Strength logo on it. Mm. And a little bit of embellishment to clarify that this is a podcast. Otherwise, there might be questions. And we want this merch to, like, push us forward. And change lives. Change lives. That's what it's going to do. You know, this is a conversation starter Mm -hmm. uh, with your friends and your family. They'll ask you about it, and you can say, let me tell you about this podcast that will change your life. And these two women that are, like, amazing. Yes, and And they they will change your life. (laughs) Yeah. By telling you about theirs. Yeah. So. We're not asking for much. We're not asking for much. I just want your address. First 100 people to give me your address can have a sticker and their lives changed. So we can keep sending you guys stuff in the mail. Right. That's all we want is to just spam you with snail mail. Yeah. It's not. It's fine. Don't don't question it. Just do it. it. Don't you like to get mail? Everyone likes to get mail. Yeah. It's, it's a lost art form. <laughs> then we'll know where you live. <laughs> and nothing bad could ever come from that. Right. Right, because this is all we do is this podcast, and we don't walk around stalking our fans. And we don't walk around and think about anything else. This is all we do yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. We never leave this room. I haven't left this room in five days. <laughs> I miss the sun. <laughs> anyway. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, we have a website also. Very cool. We have an email. We have an email. We have a YouTubes. It's pretty cool. We have a studio. Yeah, well, you can't come to that. No. That's just us. That's too far. It's too far. Step too far. Yeah, there's a boundary Boundaries there. are important. We have to keep boundaries, guys. Yeah, we're going to have a whole podcast on that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not going to give you my address, but you should give me yours. Yeah, this doesn't have to be mutual for it to be beneficial. It's parasitical, right? Is that the word? It sounds right. It sounds sciencey. Parasitical? Right, because one person... Parasite. One entity is benefiting while the other is being drained. Yes. (laughs) Which one's which here? (laughs) Because i got to pay for the stamps. No, I think it's, uh, because there's, uh, I forget the good one. Symbiotic? Yeah. Where it's mutually beneficial. Yeah. Yeah, we are like a lichen up in here. 
We are... We're like lichen. We're a fungus that has teamed up with chlorophyll-producing algae, and therefore we are benefiting each other. Hey, this is a science episode! There's a little bonus science! It made no sense to me. It did to me. If you know what lichen is, it made total sense. Actually, now everyone does, because I just told you. I know what lichen is. Uh I didn't understand what you said. It's a fungus that is in a symbiotic relationship with algae. The chlorophyll. Chloroform. Is that what I said? No. (laughs) (laughs) That's something else. (laughs) That is not mutually beneficial, but the chlorophyll produces uh, nutrition. Okay, bye. Bye. Amygdala is stimulated 